Well, hello there. Welcome to the Revolutionary Insights Podcast number 34. Do appreciate you tuning in. There's a lot of things to discuss today. Uh, I want to do this as short as I can to make this podcast as short as I, I can. Uh, the, uh, the topic of today's podcast is going to be global strategy in America, which we'll get to in just a little bit. I also want to encourage you to go to the site revolutionaryinsights.com. Uh, you can check out my books there. Uh, you go to my post, uh, Facebook page, uh, which is uh, facebook.com slash billhawkins.revolutionaryinsights. I know that's long, but uh, by if you've been listening to this for a while, you should know the name, Bill Hawkins. You should definitely know Revolutionary Insights as well. Don't forget we've started a new ministry here. It's called uh, Rhymes, which is Revolutionary Insights Ministry Education Service. Uh, matter of fact, if you uh, if you are attending a church, if you have an, or, an organization, a uh, and um, especially conservative, then uh, you can contact me to be a speaker at your church or to show up and talk about uh, what the rhymes really is. If you have any questions yourself, you can get on the website. I have a heading for for rhymes. Go there and you can learn more. And also contact me at BillHawkinsRevolutionaryInsights.com where I'll be glad to, like I said, come out and uh, speak, talk to your pastor, uh, just see if there's anything uh, in the future where, where we can uh, do some things that's going to help the cause of Christ first and foremost, and this nation as well. The, uh, I also want to tell you about, if you are in, um, if you are, well, I, I live in Lynchburg, Virginia, so if you're in the Lynchburg, Virginia area, then there is going to be a rally at the parks, uh, the uh, what was the name of that park again? At the uh, Peaksview, Peaksview Park in Lynchburg. Uh, it's going to be from 12 uh, noon until 4 p.m. It's going to be on July the 10th. And uh, so if you are, uh, the title of the, uh, of the, the, this rally is the Make Virginia Red Again rally. So, uh, uh, Leon Benjamin, for example, is going to be one of the guest speakers there. I will be there to sign books and such. So if you would like to uh, to show up, and it's going to be kid-friendly, uh, it's, it's going to be live music, it's going to be a good and fun time. If you're not in Lynchburg area and you can't attend, find something in your area you can get involved with, uh, with a church, uh, with a Christian organization, with the Republican Party, and it's because the Republican Party is still standing for biblical values, unlike the Democrat Party. We need, and you know, after I, after I do today's uh, podcast, maybe you'll understand a little bit more about uh, my passion for, uh, for the Christ and the Republican Party. Not that they're the same. Christ is much more important. But right now, uh, we do have a political party where we still have a home as Christians. So uh, let's take advantage of that and, and kind of keep it that way. Uh, so also, uh, I'm going to be starting a video cast very soon. So uh, I'm going to be adding a video channel to the site, revolutionaryinsights.com. And I've already got some uh, some videos I can put up there, which I will be adding soon. And also, I have a new video I'm putting out, and it's going to be how to uh, 
really it's going to be the five steps to talk about religion and politics at parties or other social gatherings, and most importantly, how to get away with it, how to do it and actually be able to uh, persuade people and open liberals' minds. I know that can be hard to do at times because of how emotional the left is, but uh, it is possible, and I'm going to show you how in the uh, in the video cast, which I will, I'll tell you more about that later. And also, you can subscribe to my newsletter where you'll find that out. So I know I just gave you a lot of information. If you uh, want more, if uh, you didn't hear it all, or I'm, sometimes people say I talk fast, and I always think people listen slow. But anyway, if you can, get on the uh, the site, revolutionaryinsights.com. Uh, to learn more. So let's go ahead and get into today's, today's podcast. Uh, again, global strategy in America. Now let's see here. Anybody who's observant in America, we see that our country is being attacked from within by people who have a globalist view that most of the time we on the right, uh, the conservatives, we think that they're the globalists are leftist. Um, and, but who are these globalists? Now, this may surprise you, but they're not necessarily leftists themselves. So then why are they supporting these leftist causes? Now, if you go back and if you uh, study history or especially military history, you're going to find that a good war strategy that's been used throughout history is one called divide and conquer. In the American Revolution, for example, the British came with a plan to cut the colonies in two by marching down the Hudson River. That was uh, Burgoyne, and that was actually his plan. They were also going to march along the Mohawk River toward Albany. They were also going to be marching up from New York City uh, with, uh, I believe it was Clinton. And the idea there was to divide the country into two separate parts, New England from the Mid, uh, the Mid and the Southern Colonies. If they could do that, then they could conquer, hopefully, one side, if that, if that would, have been a, would have been possible, and then conquer the other side. But the, other, but the most important thing is they could not help each other because they would be divided. So that has always been a, 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 a strategy to defeat an opponent. Now, the globalists, they don't have a military. You know, now, they might have uh, be in the military, and they obviously they are, but the globalists themselves don't have a military. There is not a country called uh, Globetania, for example. And even if there was a country, you know, the United States has the strongest uh, army and the strongest uh, navy, strongest air force. We have the strongest military on earth. There's not a, really another country, including China, that can defeat us. Uh, you can even have a group of countries come together, and it's going to be a very difficult time. It'll be a war, and it would do a lot of things here in, in America that might not uh, be something that, we're, that we wanted to deal with, obviously. But we still have the strongest military. So therefore, the globalists can't use the military to defeat us. So what that means, now these, now these people, they're going to have to somehow figure out a way to divide us in order to conquer us. And anybody that knows what's going on in America, that know the division. Now, they wanted to blame that division on Trump. It wasn't Trump. It's the people out there who are calling, uh, who are dividing us by race. They're dividing us by, uh, ethnic, uh, obviously, ethnicity. There's income. They divide us by that. Uh, they divide us by education. Uh, they divide us in numerous ways. They divide us by religion. There's a lot of different ways that the left uses to divide us. And then, ironically, they blame the right for it. Uh, when we're the one trying to bring this country together, and they're the one that uh, supports multiculturalism. We're the one that supports the American culture. They're the ones that supports multiple languages. We're the ones that supports the English language, which should be the official language of, of, of the United States. 
uh, and but they call that a racist thing. So the uh, back to these globalists. Now the globalists are people like George Soros, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and other especially extremely rich people who th- who think that their money, which money is power, but they think that money and that power makes them elite. Now these elitists seem to think that the ki- the, the kings of old who believe that God gave them power over people for a reason. And that meant that they could use that power in an absolute absolute way to control the destinies of a nation that they ruled over, which to them meant controlling the people. Now, these absolute monarchs did not champion personal freedom. You know, if you look at the uh, kings wherever they're wherever they're around, especially the kings that uh, tried to have absolute power, absolute authority, you had to suppress the people to control the people. And so that's the same thing that the they're, that these globalists are fighting, that they want to control the pre- people, they're going to have to suppress the people. Uh, they can't allow uh, personal freedom like the kind of freedom we have in America. Uh, now, the rural dictators believed that they were elite and knew what was best for the people under the rule. Now, the globalists are like dictators, absolute dictators especially, because they believe that they know what is best for everyone else. Their immense wealth gives them power, and they believe that that power comes, um, comes with that power comes responsibility to use it to forge a better world, how they define a better world. However, the world that they're trying to forge is one without God. They do not proclaim divine authority because, first of all, they don't believe in a divine God. Now, they might say, well, I believe there's a God out there or whatever else, and they might give lip service, but lip service to God is blasphemy, um, for one thing. And there's different ways to define that blasphemy, and that is one of them. So what they have done, they have developed a political philosophy that lies between communism and fascism. Now, on my political will, which you'll find on page 10 of my book, Where's the Party?, which you can find that on the, uh, on the website, uh, under the store and such. But uh, with that, uh, in that book on page 10, you'll see the, uh, uh, the uh, image I have there, which is a, a, is a round, uh, looks like a pie chart, but it shows how, is, I call it the political wheel, and it shows where the different isms are uh, in relation to each other, and uh, in and, and America as well. So that's a, and there's more than just that one on there, but that's something that you might find interesting about the book. Now, here's what happens. They, and they being the, fa- the I almost said the fascists, they're fascists too, but they being the globalists, they seek political, the, the political control of communism and with the economic control of fascism. So chapter two of my book, by the way, explains the isms. And uh, except I don't really go into a lot about uh, globalism because, you know, it's just something we're just kind of really seeing for what, for what it really is, even though it's been called the New World Order before. But... Things are changing a little bit, and now we're starting to see more of what they're, what they're after. And because we were so used to just communism being the enemy, we always kind of saw them as communists, but they're not necessarily communists. Um, what they do, by the way, is like I said, we used to think of it as a new world order, but as the left often does, they change the name as people become wary of their design. So a new name quite, hasn't quite stuck yet. That's what we're calling globalist, but it's the same old gang with the same old design since the Garden of Eden. Man wants to become gods like God. When I say gods, I'm talking about a small g. And to do that, they must first steer people away from God, capital G, to accept their new gods, little g. Now that means that they need to destroy the only nation in the world standing between them and their goals. That nation is the one nation that's still governed by a document that was written 
by men who believed in the biblical worldview. The, global, the globalists uh, have to somehow chip away at our biblical worldview, which is the foundation of our nation. It's, it's called the Constitution of the United States. Like I said, the Constitution was written with, uh, by men who had a biblical worldview. World they did not. They were not globalists. They did not have a socialist view. They did not have. They didn't even. Karl Marx wasn't even around yet. Okay, so they had a biblical worldview, and that's what our, constitu our Constitution has. So what the left needs to do, what the globalists need to do, is they need to set aside the Constitution that defines our government. And they, they want to be able to replace that by a new one that fits the socialist model. Now, they're not going to come out and say that, but that's exactly what they're working for. Now, the globalists, as they're doing this, they have what I'm calling pawns. And everybody knows that pawns do the dirty work for people. And they don't have much value except the value they have when they're useful. Another way to look at the pawns, sometimes they can be called useful idiots. So since they cannot divide us um, militarily by divide and conquer us, I mean, with the military, then it must be done using people as pawns to achieve their grand scheme. So to destroy a, a nation's unity, you then must, uh, that's the, the idea to destroy the nation is to destroy the unity of that nation. That's why globalists are using people on the left to divide us by race, gender, income, heritage, religion, or what other, what other tools they can to eliminate the individual freedoms found in our Constitution to be replaced by a collectivism like that's those found in communist countries, but with just enough freedom to maintain the wealthy through retaining capitalism. And that is what fascism is. That's part of fascism. They want to have the control of communism with the economic freedom of, of fascism. The thing with economic freedom of fascism, you can be a capitalist under fascism as long as you, as long as you toe the party line, as long as you do what the state says. And that's to how where the, the globalists, that's where a lot of these Democrats are operating, the people in leadership positions. Now, they're in leadership positions. They're the kings, the queens, the rooks, the bishops. Yeah, bishops too. You know, they're the knights, but they're not the pawns. The pawns are these people out there that are in the streets holding signs that are out there saying how wonderful it is to be a leftist because they're being used by these leftists. How wonderful it is to be transgender, how wonderful it is to be gay rights, or how wonderful it is to be a, a, a globalist in the sense of hating America, you know? Those are the pawns. Those are the people that are right now being, being used. And what's going to happen to these pawns should the, these globalists ever take over? Um, the, again, what happens to them should the globalists achieve their goal of fundamentally, fundamentally altering this country from the Constitutional Republic, which is based on a conservative document that is written by men with a biblical worldview? What happens if that goes away? Especially what happens to these pawns? Should a new government in the form of socialism ever take over this country, then those fringes of society, and I call them the fringes of society because transgenders and homosexuals and such like that, they are the fringes. They, those, those fringes of society are right now being uh, uh, championed by the globalists because they serve a purpose. And, but once that purpose has been achieved, if they ever take over, then they, they will no longer be needed. So, so once the, the socialists would take over in a new world order or a globalist-run government, 
then they're going to want to eliminate those elements that divide because they're going to want to have a strong nation. And, and so to, to, to destroy a nation, you need to divide it. They're not going to want to divide, be divided then. So that means Christians and conservatives, of course, but it also means that those very people who are currently being used to steer us away from our conservative government, those people also, if they don't, if they don't fall in with the party line, if they don't start doing as they are told by the elitist, by the globalist, then they too will be subject to the persecution that will come and always comes under socialism. And especially the kind of socialism that wants to control as it does under communism and as it does under fascism. And that is the combination of what the globalists are. So a state-imposed morality would be created to take the, the place of the deposed biblical morality. Now, communist countries, if you ever, looked, you ever thought about this, they oppose homosexuality. But they also oppose transgenders and uh, any other claim for individual rights outside of biblical morality. Not that the globalists want to impose biblical morality, but what they do want is to oppose any kind of individualism which would challenge the authority of the state, the state that they would run. Therefore, those moral fringe groups and their unwitting supporters will be expendable. Those that divide by race will be dealt with. Those that divide by sex will be dealt with. Those that divide by political philosophy will be dealt with. Those that divide by religion will be dealt with. You've got to toe the party line. In other words, those that don't go along with their socialist program will be dealt with. Just because those on the left support socialism, that doesn't mean they will not be dealt with should the globalists ever take over if they continue to sow division. You know, look at what happened to Trotsky and the former Soviet Union. The communists even killed each other as they were trying to, to figure out who was going to end up running everything. Uh, by the way, if you want to kind of get a glimpse of the future, and if you're a Christian, remember Revelation. If you're not a Christian, read Revelation. That's going to give you a, a glimpse of the future. Uh, until the coming of Christ, speaking of that, we're to have, as Christians, a preserving effect. Salt is a preservative, and we are to be the salt of the earth. Read Matthew 5.13. Now, we are not to hide, we are not to remain silent, we are not to give in, we are to be witnesses for Christ. We are to call sin, sin. And that's why I said it about homosexuality and transgender. You may not like to, to hear this, but it's called sin. And it's called sin and defined sin by the creator of the universe, by God. Now, you might not want to believe in God, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, just because you don't want to believe in it, 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 it that's not good enough. So we're to love, as Christians, we're to love sinners enough to tell them about Christ. We can and we should fight politically. However, our purpose as Christians on this earth is to first glorify God and point to Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. Only God's love can cover a multitude of sins. Now, we, and especially anybody who knows me, I talk politics a lot. I'm very political. But that does not mean I believe that the Republican Party is going to be the Savior of the world or that uh, conservative ideas are going to save the world. The only savior of this world is Jesus Christ, and that is what we need to, to focus on as we continue to fight politically to maintain our freedom to point people to Christ. So how do we fight the globalist effort to destroy the last remaining biblically founded nation on earth? Here's how we do it. We need to be agents. We need to be an agent of God's love not God's wrath. A time will come when God pours out his wrath on the world 
like I said, read Revelation. And anyone who has ever read the book of Revelation knows that God doesn't need any help. Our sword is God's word. Learn to use it, our sword, God's word, against the enemies of God with skill. And the only way, it's like if you're going to use a real sword, the only way to do that is practice. And the only way to practice with the Word of God is to study the Word of God. And the more you study the Word of God and the more you learn about who God is, the better you're going to be able to use the Word as a sword because you're also going to understand the importance of prayer and asking for God's guidance and not doing it through your own wisdom, but doing it through God. As it says in Ephesians chapter 6, 12 through 17, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That is our weapon. That is our armor. And that is how we're going to defeat these rulers these in high, that are in high places that are principalities, which is your governments. Those are the evil rulers of darkness of this world against that spiritual kind of wickedness. The only thing that really is going to work in the end is our spiritual faith, our armor, our prayer, and the word of God that we use as a sword.